It's time to invest with intent on the Welka Wealth Podcast. Join Tiffany Welka each week as she gives you guidance to align your faith, morals, and goals to make your financial plan a true success. to me, Father Zaid Shaban. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. I know. I've been studying. <laughs> you've been studying. <laughs> and you've been with our parish since July. I have. Yeah, we're so lucky to have you. Thank you. I'm so blessed. Uh, today, we have Father Zaid on the show, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things that I believe some of my listeners and a lot of my clients have had an interest in. Um, we're going to be talking about finances, faith, family, marriage, divorce, and a lot of other things. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hopefully <laughs> not in that order. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, Father Dave, do you want to start us off in a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we ask your blessing to be with us. We thank you for all of your many gifts, seen and unseen. And we ask that we may use all of our gifts, talents, for the praise of the glory of your name. We make our prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, amen. We have a lot of questions for you today, Father. Okay, millions or thousands? Billions. Billions. Yeah, all right. We're going to be here all day. We're going to be here all day. Yes. I hope people have coffee to keep them hydrated. <laughs> well, I know we do. We do. Yeah. <laughs> we have Starbucks. We do. Yes. And you got a different drink than you did last time. I did. I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to try something new. I normally get the vanilla latte, but I got a caramel macchiato. You've never had a caramel macchiato before. I have. I normally get it iced, oh. but it's a rainy day and, you know, you got to drink it hot. I Thank always you. get the hot drinks. I can in the summer. I think getting a hot drink in the summer is a sin. <laughs> I don't even know why places offer Like, it would be like 95 degrees outside and, and you go into coffee shops and they'll be like, would you like that hot iced or frozen? I'm like, no, in the summer, the only option should be iced or frozen, preferably frozen. I guess I said a lot all summer. I just drink hot. Hot? Okay. All summer long. Wow. I know. I, I'll come to confession and make sure that I say that I drink hot coffee in the summer, too. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck with whoever has to absolve that sin. <laughs> so, uh, Father Zaid, you were born and raised in Michigan, just like me. But you uh, specifically were born in Southfield, I think you said, and mm -hmm. you were raised in Sterling Heights, right? Yep. Your parish was the National Shrine of the Little Flower, and you had a friend that remembers you telling her that you wanted to be a priest when you were just five years old. I have a niece and nephew that are five years old, and to hear somebody remember that moment is pretty special. I don't know if they'll remember a lot of things, but that must have been something that stood out to her. Um, and you began serving as an altar server around age 12. When is the first time that you can recall discerning your priesthood as your vocation in your life? Yeah, my friend um, Elena said that I 
told her that, and I don't even remember. So I don't know if she was lacking sleep that day or what, but um, I do remember being very young, and I do remember actually my first desire was to be a magician. Magician. I loved magic, and I still do. I don't have the time to commit to it, but I, I could just spend hours doing magic, and I did as a kid. I, I watched magic shows on TV. and um, But anyways, I realized that maybe I was supposed to be doing something else, and um, around the age of 12, my grandfather died, my mom's dad, and so I started altar serving, and I just kind of was like, okay, what is this whole faith thing about? And I remember going to my first altar server training and they gave us a handbook that had all these big words in it. And it was all the vessels at mass, the different parts of the mass. And I was like, I'm 12. Like, I don't have time for this. Um, I don't know what a aspergillium is and the ambo is. And I still don't know what an aspergillium is. Yeah, that's the thing you get sprinkled with, with holy water. Yeah, it's the fancy, or I just call it the sprinkler. Um, So anyways, I had to learn that, and it was really in learning that um, I feel like the Holy Spirit, at the time I didn't call it the Holy Spirit, but now I know it was the Holy Spirit kind of planting a seed. And um, for many reasons, I'm sure will come up in um, the 7.3 billion questions you're going to ask that... um, I, I didn't think God would call me to the priesthood um, for many reasons, um, not only because of limitations I thought I had, um, one of which I'll probably share about, which is public speaking. I had a severe phobia of public speaking, but um, also because, you know, of my family situation growing up. I never in a million years would have thought that you had a a phobia Mm -hmm. of public speaking. Yep. In fact, in first grade, my first grade teacher told my mother after she picked me up from school because my mother was worried that I wasn't talking like at all. Like I wouldn't talk at school. I wouldn't talk during recess. I wouldn't talk at home, which was probably a blessing in disguise for my mother. But um, and so my mom went up to the teacher and she's like, you know, I'm concerned about my son. He doesn't speak. And uh, the teacher who's now passed away told my mom, I know you're worried about your son not speaking now, but in the future, you're going to start wishing he stopped talking. And my mom is like, that lady was a prophet (laughs) because I I have a, I have a hard time um, sometimes knowing when to land the plane, you know? (laughs) Um, So, um, but it's definitely, I could see at the time and I wouldn't say it at the time, but I could definitely, it was definitely a miracle because it caused me so much trauma and, and distress just having to think about speaking in front of one person, better yet. you know. And now in God's sense of humor, I'm at a parish that is um, very big in terms of space and also um, with families. And, um, you know, every time I go up to speak, I'm still very nervous, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I, I can I, I can adjust pretty well and hide it pretty well. But, um, you know, public speaking, believe it or not, for many, many decades is the number one fear amongst Americans. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. I never really had a fear of public speaking. Okay. Um, but I really don't like to be the center of attention. I do definitely... I have a phobia of everybody watching me. I don't know why. I just, I always get so nervous Mm -hmm. and hot and I just. I'm the same way. And especially one of the things that I tell people is um, just like when you're sitting 
you know, in a church or at the Fox theater or in a stadium, your vantage point is different when you're on stage. And when I'm up there, not that I'm on stage, but when I'm preaching, you see people that are very engaged to people that are sleeping, Mm -hmm. to people that are chewing gum, to people that have their arms crossed and look disgruntled. And you have to speak the same message to all those people, knowing that you may not connect with them. You may connect with them. They may like what you say, not like what you say, that they're probably going to say something about you on the way home. You know, like, oh, that was horrible or that was bad or that was good. or So um, it is intimidating, but I also feel like, um, you know, you have to be comfortable with who you are. And I also feel like now that fear of public speaking, which has nothing to do with the first question you asked, um, really does speak of um, how even our fears can turn into places of strength, you know, um, because I I definitely would say that God has given me that gift of enjoying public speaking. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you faced your fear. Yes, I am too. Your homilies hit it out of the park every time. Thanks be to God. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Uh, you've mentioned a few times, uh, and just recently actually, that your grandfather was the one who introduced you to Jesus. This is very telling about the importance of the role of a grandparent. Can you tell us how your grandfather had such an impact on your faith? Well, I grew up um, in a family that my parents you know, divorced when I was young. And my grandfather, um, my mom's dad, was really sort of like a father figure to me in many ways. You know, he picked us up from school. He took us to church. Um, I remember we had these little traditions where, you know, like Monday evenings, he'd take us to um, the Dunkin' Donuts in Southfield and get us, you know, original glazed donut with a chocolate milk. And Sundays he would take us to church. And then after church, he'd take us to a restaurant in Oak Park called Mirage, which is now closed and get us Arabic food. And, um, and I could always just see a delight in my grandfather when he was with us, me and my sister. And, you know, he just was um, just so happy and peace and content. And he was just such a good man, a nice man, affable. People liked him. Um, um, he was a good dancer. So uh, um, but he was just well loved anywhere he went. And um, as a kid, I did martial arts for a couple of years. And I remember when he dropped me off and take me, you know, everyone want to talk to him. And I'm like, excuse me, uh, you know, um, I'm here to learn how to do a front kick. Um, but um, but my grandfather really modeled. In fact, I, you know, and even until this day, I think of him every day. And he was really the closest person to Christ that I ever knew and modeled so much of that. And and um, he passed when I was around 12 due to cancer. It was very sudden. And, um, you know, it, it was a month before he died. And and so I would just say to those listening, um, the role of a grandparent is truly a blessing, you know. And um, I'm so grateful for my maternal grandparents because I didn't really know my paternal grandparents um, at all. But I'm really grateful that God gave me a good set. Um yeah. Because grandparents are awesome. They are awesome. My brother has two two kids. Um, they're twins, a boy and a girl. Okay. And they call my mom Glamma and my dad Nanu. Okay. And I know how, I mean, I see my parents' faces when they see those kids mm-hmm. and they just light up. And it's, those kids are now their world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The look on my parents' faces when they see their grandkids is just something that, 
you can't replicate. You know, no. you can't even describe. Can't even describe it, really. Yeah, and if we ever got in trouble as kids, you know, all we'd have to do is like look at Grandpa, and he would just come in and yell at, <laughs> yeah. yell at, yell at my mom, and be like, "They didn't do anything wrong. What's wrong <laughs> yes. with you?" And now I kind of feel bad for my mom because I'm like, she was probably right, um, but I was also glad that I had a couple referees. You know, mm-hmm. my dad's mom, uh, we call her Nana, and my mom's mom, we call her Mimi. My grandfathers have um, both passed away. My dad's dad passed away of cancer, too. Mm. My grandparents had a really big role in in my life and in my, I don't want to say conversion because I grew up Catholic, but um, I guess my growth in my faith has really um, been a big part due to my grandparents as well. So I just want to um, reiterate how important it is for grandparents to um, remember how important their role is to their grandchildren and know that you can actually make such a big difference in a child's life. Can you give some advice for other grandparents out there on how can grandparents introduce their grandchildren to Jesus? For me, um, my grandfather definitely did do that by, you know, telling me stories from the Bible and taking me to church. But he did it first and foremost by how he lived, you know, and uh, his attributes. You know, I just felt like I could go and tell my grandfather as a kid that I was having the bad a, a bad day and he, he got it. Yeah. Or I was like, you know, I got a B plus and he was like thrilled. It was like an A plus or... You know, it just, you just, and I, I feel like that's how God is. You know, God is pleased with our B pluses, you know, yeah. and God is pleased with our C minuses too, you know, and, um, and that's kind of how I felt like my, my grandparents were. My grandma actually was a little more stern. Um, uh, my BB was a little bit more sterner than my grandfather. Um, but she also modeled, um, you know, her whole life was sacrifice growing up in Iraq and, um, you know, having to move and, and uh, she suffered so much, you know, um, but the best way you teach someone is by, you know, by not speaking is the example. And so I think, um, you know, many of my attributes and I remember actually once on, on a retreat sharing with the priest, um, the priest asked me where I saw Jesus. And I was like, I didn't see him like he didn't show up. He wasn't in the you know, he wasn't in the chapel. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, he didn't walk in like. I was trying to see where he was sitting, but he wasn't there. And I just had such of a um, physical sense of needing to see the actual person of Jesus rather than the spirit or um, people that modeled Jesus to me. And my grandpa was like that. You know, um, he was just an amazing man. And, you know, he modeled all the Christian virtues. And he was not perfect. No one's perfect. But, um, yeah, I mean, just his kindness, his love. His understanding, just the joy in his heart, as you said, with your own parents, with your nieces and your niece and nephew, you know, it's, it's, it's just, um, I think again, we teach others by example, you know, and, uh, again, the example is not that we're not perfect and we you know we don't make mistakes because we all do, um, but it's those traits that, that are enduring that you remember, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So I get a little bit of Google stalking. <laughs> Yes, you did. (laughs) On Father's Aid. And uh, in 2020, 
you made a YouTube video for Sacred Heart Seminary, which I'm going to put the link in the description. He's telling me no. No. <laughs> okay. No, links don't work. The link they're doesn't work. They're anymore. usually spam. It's broken. <laughs> don't use it. <laughs> but um, the video was to help everyone get to know you before you were ordained as a transitional deacon. Um, which was May 22nd, 2020, one year before when you were ordained a priest. Yeah, actually, I'm uh, kind of have a unique situation where my diaconate date and priesthood date are the same day. And uh, that really doesn't happen very frequently. Usually right. they're different days. So, yeah, I was ordained um, a week after my birthday. My birthday's on May 15th. And um, just a funny story, um, not to steal your thunder, <laughs> steal but, thunder. but but i may forget because i have short-term memory um it's funny when i visit schools like during the month of may i'll always or when it's close to may i'll be like so what's the best day in may and people will say like cinco de mayo and then i like automatically shut them down i'm like <laughs> nope nope cinco de mayo is not an important day and then like i scandalize them and then i say the best day in may is quince de mayo May 15th. Um, so anyways, um, it is the best day of May. But also May 22nd because um, I was ordained. So this year, I believe, um, of 2022, not that I've looked at the calendar, but I believe May uh, 22nd and May 15th both fall on a Sunday. Well, so I guess that? I'll be I guess I'll be at work those two days um, <laughs> unless I take them off. Um, so, yeah. So um, I was ordained a deacon on May 22nd. Wow. In the video, uh, you said that your mom and dad were divorced. In our culture today, as you know, uh, divorce is something that happens statistically within half of all marriages. I'm on the marriage and family life team at our parish, and I speak to many couples who are getting married. And a lot of the couples say that their parents are divorced, and one or both parents struggled to provide for the children financially, which ended up having an impact on the kids' financial outlooks as they got older. Can you talk about the impact that your parents' divorce had um, on your financial philosophy? That is a great question. <laughs> um, Thanks. Oh, well, there's a lot there. Um, I would say growing up um, in a divorce family, which at the time seemed very rare, but unfortunately today doesn't. Um, yeah, I didn't really know how to, or I didn't really learn, or I didn't really, I wasn't really taught how to save. Um, I mean, there were people in my family that saved like my grandmother and, and my grandmother um, always told us to save. She said, you know, save, save, don't waste your money. You'll never know when the day comes where you'll need it. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, she was so right, you know. Um, but it's, you know, I realize that you also have to be taught, you know, some of these principles. And I always kind of sense that from my parents, they were always just trying to make it, paying their bills, getting through. And there was never enough for extra. It was There was always enough for the present moment. Um, so that that impacted my me personally because one day, um, the Golden Arches are now going to make their grand appearance. <laughs> One day at the age of 16, um, what I thought would be a normal drive through run was a drive through experience I'll never forget. Um, dun, dun, dun. I was going through the drive through and my mom 
unbeknownst to me, she didn't sign a waiver or a consent form, but she told the manager that was passing out the food, uh, who at the time was from Kuwait um, and looked Middle Eastern like me. And she uh, said, yeah, my son is 16. He's going to turn 16. He needs a job. And, Did you uh, know she was thinking no, that? No, nope, no. Nope. She never mentioned it. She never mentioned it. She never <laughs> asked my permission. I, you know, I didn't uh, sign off on it. But anyway, so I ended up working at McDonald's down the street. Literally was walking to work. And, um, and I hated it, hated it, hated it. And it ended up being a six year career. It was my first job and I worked my way up, um, as a swing manager. And then I became a second assistant and, um, I had to learn how to work because my mom said, you have to pay for your cell phone if you want one and you have to pay for your, you know, save up for a car and stuff like that. Um, so that was helpful to learn, you know, the principles of saving, yeah. And working and developing a strong work ethic, um, which might I add today has been very much lost, especially in our current uh, climax. And, um, you know, my mother would have qualified for all the benefits in the book from A to Z and backwards, but she didn't do that because she knew the importance of work and we did too. And so we worked, worked, worked. So did my sister work. Um, I got my sister into McDonald's. She ended up becoming a manager too. Thanks to me, Dina. And then, um, um, and then I worked at Beaumont Hospital, and I got her into Beaumont Hospital, thanks to meeting. And um, anyways, and now she's a successful PA, and um, I'm a priest, um, I think successful. Um, so, yeah, now that I have a more regular income and, you know, I'm starting to build my foundation and going through school, you know, um, uh, especially the past eight years in seminary, I've realized looking back, you know, that uh, the, the, the principles of investing, saving, um, some of the things, you know, that I had hoped maybe my parents would have um, taught me about. But, you know, in their own time, they were doing the best that they could with what they had. Yeah. Do you think would have been a different, your outcome would have been different if she didn't make you get a job at 16? Oh, definitely. Um, I think her doing that alone was her teaching you, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. No, that's, that's a great insight because at the time, again, being in high school and being young, you know, you're so ignorant and you don't realize that uh, sometimes blessings don't appear in a package as a blessing, you know, yeah. um, but blessings come in all shapes and sizes. And, um, you know, and oftentimes, you know, we always say, be careful what you wish for, but also, you know, sometimes God does send us, send us gifts, but they're not wrapped in the way that we think they should be yeah. or they don't appear in the way that we should, you know, we expect the new person to look like this or act like this and, or whatever the situation is. But sometimes God sends us a surprise and he says, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give you something a little better, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's what happened. Um, yeah. I remember uh, many, I have many fond stories of McDonald's, um, which I still have been told I should comprise in a book. Um, which I might one day, but, um, yes. but I do, I do, um, I will answer the question that, uh, that all your listeners are, are probably wondering, um, why does the shake machine ever work? But maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll have to uh, tune in uh, to a future podcast for the answer. But, um, I will admit I still go to McDonald's not as frequent or often as I used to. In fact, it's almost rare when I do, but I, you know, I'm not anti-McDonald's. McDonald's did teach me a lot, and um, I'm very grateful for the experience. There were lots of challenges, too, lots of uh, dark moments, difficult moments. There was also uh, 
going to college full-time at Oakland University, taking 16 credits and working full-time, 45 oh hours gosh. a week, um, especially when I became an assistant. But um, all is well. It taught me a lot. You yeah. know. Made you who you are today. Yes, it did. It made me who <laughs> I am. Good. How we grow up and how our parents handle their finances has a lot to do with how we manage our finances as we get older. And sometimes if a family is struggling to manage their day-to-day expenses, their children tend to grow up with a sense that they too are struggling, even though they might not be. Or if a family is financially comfortable, the children tend to grow up with a feeling of financial comfort, even though they might not be in that place. In your opinion, do you have any tips for couples and families on how they can be good stewards of their finances in whatever particular situation they may be in? Hmm. I don't really have much advice um, on that. Um, I'm going to refer to the expert. Uh, (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think one of the things, you know, in, in our culture, especially in this country where we're so blessed with so much. Um, I feel like sometimes parents do a disservice to their children by, and I'm not going to answer the question by not answering it and trying to avoid it. But, um, but, but I feel like sometimes we just give our kids things and we just do what they want. And, um, you are their parent, not their friend. You know, there's lots of friends they can have, um, but you'll always be their parent. And we it, sometimes, um, and life is a great teacher. Sometimes the best thing you can tell someone is no, you know, and um, may not be the answer you want to hear, may not be the answer you like to hear. And it may actually cause you discomfort to hear that two letter word. But um, sometimes it's the best thing you can hear is just to say, yeah, no, you know, um, and, um, I realize even in our own lives, whatever jobs we have or jobs we don't have, sometimes, you know, saying no, um, is a good thing, you know, cause you're saying no to something, but yes to something, you know, by saying no, um, or the no you say allows you to say yes to something else might be a better way to state it. So, yeah, I don't know if that really answers the question. It's a good point, though. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, good. it is a good point. That was a kind way of you saying, no, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> no, it really, it really is a good point. <laughs> She's talking with a priest, so. <laughs> I think that the best example of the absolute best father of all time is God. And he doesn't tell us yes all the time or give us everything that we want whenever we want it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you there that sometimes it's it's good to say no to um, allow more growth. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, talk about ways to be a good steward with finances. I think um, since you, you said you were going to refer to the expert, I'm just going to give a couple of ideas. Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's one way that I think is really helpful in being a good steward of your finances, and that's just to make sure that you have your faith first and foremost in your financial goals, because there's so many different companies and investments that are available out there that actually go against our faith or our morals. And by you investing in those things or um, purchasing those things or buying those things, you are actually 
supporting them, which you, if you say you don't support those things, then why would you invest in it? Right. Mm -hmm. Example would be abortion. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's a lot of companies that very openly, uh, support abortion or Planned Parenthood. And by you investing in those companies or purchasing items that those companies are making, you are actually supporting that cause as well. Mm. So just making sure that uh, your investments are aligned with your faith is probably one of the most important things that you could do to be a good steward of your finances, I think. Yeah. That's good. Another one is to remember that every dollar that we receive is actually a blessing. And we are not, it's not ours. It never was ours to begin with. And we have to keep that in mind when we receive money because we're just managing it here on earth and we have to manage it in a way that I think that the Lord would be proud of for his children to to manage it. So for instance, if you see somebody in need, um, I think making sure that you're giving back is really important and making sure that you're not doing things with the money that you receive that would hinder your morality mm. or your relationship with God. That's really important to think about too. Now this is your podcast, but I have a follow up question okay. on that. Um, Cause there's a spiritual um, component there too. What would you say to those that have wasted their money, whether it's intentionally on or not intentionally. Um, and, you know, because I've experienced people, that have shared this with me. And, you know, even I'm, I'll admit, you know, I've not managed my money properly in the past and it could be easy to be filled with shame, guilt, uh, you know, denial, regret. Um, and what, what could you say to people that maybe struggle with, you know, cause you can't get it back. And, uh, and you know, some people carry that heavy guilt, you know, like, Oh, I wish I would have, or if I would have done, you know, um, the, the if game, the what if should have. Yeah. I would link this almost to, to a sin, right? When we, once we've done something that we shouldn't have done, it's easy to sit there and revisit it over and over and over again in our minds, but that's not going to help. Mm-hmm. Right. We're just going to sit there in our sin. And one great thing about our the Catholic faith is that we have the ability to confess our sin and start over again and we're clean. Mm-hmm. So I would say instead of remembering the things that have happened before that you should start anew because tomorrow, uh, tomorrow hasn't happened yet. And we still have the ability to make changes, to become better stewards of our finances. You know how you feel when you just come out of confession, mm-hmm. you know, you can feel that way about your finances too. Well, thank you. Yeah. Any other questions? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, lastly, Father Zaid, I'm going to ask you five quick questions and he does not know which questions I'm going to ask yet to help me and our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready? Okay. First thing that comes to your mind, what is your favorite movie? Ooh, Home Alone. Home Alone. Okay. One, two, three, four. How many are there now? All of the above. All of the above? I think the first one is the best. Yeah, I think so too. What is 
the last place that you traveled to? It was actually in 2019, Reading, England. Oh. I have family there. You have family there? Mm Mm-hmm. What was it like? It was lovely. (laughs) That was good. Who's your favorite musician? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't really have one. You don't have one? No. You have a top three? Not really. What? Okay. Can I pass? <laughs> yes. Okay. That question didn't count. We're going to another question. What's your favorite color? Green. Green? When did you come to really have a relationship with Jesus? Probably in high school. In high school? What grade? Sophomore year. Sophomore year? Okay. The most popular time to have a relationship with Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Last question. Favorite secular holiday? Christmas. <laughs> That's secular and religious. Religious, yes. <laughs> That's my favorite holiday, too. Are you going to decorate your house? Well, I live with two other priests, so um, I'll let them decorate. And then if they're lacking, I'll add my... I'll decorate my office. I can be your assistant decorator. I love Christmas decorations. Me too. Not as much as another priest that used to serve at Our Lady of Good Counsel, uh, but um, I do like Christmas. Yeah, me too. Christmas is And bad. Thanksgiving, which is coming up. It is coming up. What are you going to eat? Hopefully turkey. Yeah, just turkey? Yeah, I've seen some hanging out by the church on the street, so I may just pick one of those <laughs> no. up if they're... Okay. I love those guys. I see them all the time. I don't. <laughs> Why? They cause lots of damage on the street. <laughs> they hold so up traffic. Cute. No, they're not. Yes, they are. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not having jerky because I'm a vegan, as my listeners know. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're a vegan? <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. You did it? I did not know oh, that. Oh, that's a surprise. Yeah. No turkey for me, just sides. Just sides, yeah. okay. I tried tofurkey a couple of years ago, and it was really disgusting. Ew. It was sick. Can't even smell it anymore. It's so gross. Wow, that's... So that, just, just sides, like just, green bean casserole, mashed potatoes. That's my jam on Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I should say awesome or if I should feel bad. No, um, you're not the first vegan I've met, though. I'm not? Nope. Well, that's good. There's many more out there, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're surrounded by vegans, maybe we can turn you into a vegan. (laughs) He's looking at me like, no, it's not happening. Um, Anyways, what is your favorite uh, Bible? No, I'm kidding. Okay. Well, that was uh, the fifth question. So I think we can probably close up this podcast in prayer. What do you think? That sounds great to me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you so much for um, bringing Father Zaid into our lives and for his friendship, his mentorship, his priesthood. Um, We thank you for having him with us today on our podcast. And we hope for many more podcasts with Father Zaid. We hope that some of the discussions that we had today are helpful to our listeners in a way where they'll feel better, closer to Jesus, and hopefully have learned a little bit about their finances. Thank you so much, Father Zaid, for being here. Thank you, Lord, um, for everything that you've given us. In your name we say, glory be to the Father, Father, and to the the Son, and to the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, never never shall be, be, world without end. Amen. Amen.
In the name of the Father, Son, Son Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Welka Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Welka. We're here with Father's Aid. God bless you and God bless your family. The Welka Wealth Podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just look for the Welka Wealth Podcast and keep listening.